Let me ask you a question. Do you have a deep knowing that you're only just scratching the surface of where you're capable of taking your business growth? Are you successful but have some invisible hurdles that are slowing you down? Business growth comes from creating and implementing strategies and frameworks, but strategies and frameworks on their own will not take you to the level I know you desire and are capable of. Living in alignment with your unique human design will help you to attract the abundance you are ready for. And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the Human Design Advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global forward slash advantage. Just go, just do it. I think the greatest challenge for many people is fear, the fear factor. And mm-hmm. I can relate to that. And most people are fearful that all oh, the technology is going to be so challenging. You're thinking you're going into an uh, uncharted territory. It's out of your comfort zone. It's not where you're normally at. And it's okay. But do not allow the fear to cripple you that you take no action at all. Make some action, make the mistakes, or get a coach like myself who has been there, done that. Thought Leaders Business Lab is for you, the business owner, entrepreneur, the expert in your field who wants to be seen and heard as the influential thought leader in your industry. My name is Samantha Riley and I've been building and growing businesses for over 26 years and I've learned there are three key areas to your success, your mindset, your talents and the people you surround yourself with. Each week, I interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they've used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Henneker. It's fabulous to have you joining me here today. Thank you so much, Samantha. It really is a pleasure to be here. I've listened to your podcast and you have amazing content, so I feel honored to be here. And I know that you're going to add so much value to this today. And not only that, but I just love your accent. So I know this is going to be so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, and I love yours too. So what can I tell you? Mutual accent love. I love it. That's a really great place to start. Today, we're going to talk about podcasting and how to use podcasting to grow your brand, which I think is a really relevant topic right now when... I think that we can be using this time to really build our authority and our positioning in the marketplace when times aren't quite normal. You know, we're going through some crazy challenging times and I think that podcasting right now is such a a fabulous platform to dive into. But before we get into it, why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and the clients that you work with? Oh, absolutely. So, of course, I'm a speaker, author, I host events. Um, Now, of course, I'm moving online, but um, I host LeaderCast events. And outside of that, I'm an avid podcast lover. (laughs) (laughs) And so one of the things I've been doing is to help persons, you know, professionals and persons who don't have a clue as to what a podcast is, or even if they have a remote idea, they don't know how to start one. I've been helping them, coaching them through starting their own podcast, letting them see the value of having a podcast. It's not just an online radio show. Mm-hmm. It's so much more than that with so much potential uh, to, you know, give you a global, global audience. And so that is what I've been Um, doing with my clients, sharing with them the opportunities, the possibilities that are endless where podcasting is concerned. Mm, I love that. 
tell us how did you get when did you start your podcast and what inspired you to start your podcast in the first place Beautiful question. So in 2000, all right, so backtrack a little, right? So I have been an entrepreneur since 2007 Mm -hmm. and I didn't have the experience. I didn't have the connections. I had nothing. I started from the ground up in terms of my entrepreneurial journey. And I recognize that it was, it was now giving me a platform to share my experience, you know, and persons who are living vicariously through my eyes, I was now able to share my experience with them uh, through speaking, whether it's, you know, be a women's group or young people or whatever it is. And so I realized, you know, I said to myself, how then can I serve a lot more people? So I started writing a book. I started with a book, which in 2014, it was published, 15 Hints to Entrepreneurial Success. And then after that, in that same year, I launched a radio show and that radio show was, it was on one of our popular stations in Jamaica. It was called The Entrepreneurial You. And it was a 15 minute segment, of course, only reaching the local audience in Jamaica, as well as the Jamaican diaspora. Long story short, I eventually decided I wanted to reach more people. And so toward the end of 2016, it's when I actually considered and took active steps to starting a podcast, which was launched in March of 2017. So actually, it's my third year anniversary, um, podiversary. <laughs> I love that podiversary. I've never heard that before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I actually, I just made that one up. <laughs> nice. Well, let's, let's coin that. Yeah. Hashtag, hashtag podiversary. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations. That's <laughs> Thank fantastic. <you>. Thank <laughs> So if someone is like listening to that and thinking, you know, I'm exactly the same. I want my message to reach more people. Mm -hmm. I want a platform where I can have a global audience. What do you think is the first thing they need to consider before they start their podcast? So like anything that you're doing, it's very important to consider your why. Because it's not an easy road, you know what I mean? Nothing that we do in life that's worth fighting for it comes easily. We have lots to invest. It's not easy. but you, so And, and so it, it's a very important. So once you want to do a podcast, identify why do you want to podcast. That why is going to get you up when you're feeling like you don't want to get up in the mornings. Um, you don't want to record. Pod fade, like I love to say, is real. So many podcasters mm-hmm. start and within the first couple of weeks, you don't hear of them anymore. Because, and it's not like they didn't have good intentions, but it's just that the reality has hit and they recognize, oh, this has a lot more um, required of me than I thought. So once you understand your why, you know, not even what you're doing and, and how you're doing it, but why you're doing it, that then will drive you, will force you in the bed. I remember when. I even wanted to launch my own business. One of the things I reflected on when I wanted to go full-time was what Steve Jobs says. And he says, for the past 33 years, I get up every morning, look myself in the mirror and ask myself, if today was my last day on earth, would I still want to do what I'm doing? And when the answer has become no for too many days in a row, he knew that he needed to change something. And so you, that why must be something that will drive you to look yourself in the mirror and say, is this what, what I really want to be doing? And that answer should be yes. So first you have that, you recognize that that's what you want to be doing. Then you, you, under, you kind of get to yourself, who do you want to serve? Um, who will be my target audience? And 
before you go broad in terms of an audience, look to identify that one avatar, that perfect avatar, that perfect listener. Describe that person to a T, not just their, demograph their, their demographic data, but also their psychographic data. Um, what it is that keeps them up at night? What are, the, what are their pain points? What are they anxious about? What are their fears? You know, things like that get an understanding into who that person is that you want to serve, as well as understanding what's their level of income, what's their age, race, gender, whatever it is. So once you're able to nail your avatar to a T, you, you may say to yourself, but I mean, I don't want to only cater to one person. But the truth is, if you try to reach everybody, you're absolutely going to reach nobody. And so it is important that you nail that one person down. And then what you'll find is that there are several others who are several others like that one person. So start there. Start by knowing why you want to do it, who you want to serve, and then find ways to start, you know, have conversations with that avatar. Maybe you find them on Facebook. Maybe you find them on LinkedIn. Maybe wherever you find them. I mean, for some people, it will be in the cafes, but at this point in time, you're not really supposed to be going in cafes right now. You're supposed to be socially distancing yourself. But um, wherever you find, your, wherever you think that your avatar is hanging out, that's where you need to go for them. And then once you start, you know, understanding that, then you need to know, look into the technology because that part, believe it or not, it's the easier part. You know, <laughs> mm, and I find that a lot of people look at the technology first, mm -hmm. and that's a really big mistake. Thinking, you know, they think, "Oh, I'm going to podcast. What microphone do I need?" And well, that's normally where they start. What microphone do I need? Yeah, and, and I'm the same. I say, "Don't even worry about that yet. Let's figure out what it is you're doing this podcast for. Who are you trying to attract?" And I think that when you were just talking, then who who do you want to serve? If you are in business already that avatar should be the avatar that you're using for your business. You want the same listener mm -hmm. so that you've got that nice, consistent message going out. Absolutely. Unless you're doing a hobbyist, um, you're doing one for, you know, as a hobbyist and stuff, which is a totally different thing. But if you're doing it as part of your business strategy, it needs to be carefully thought through, you know, need to really understand those concepts. Why am I doing it? What am I catering for? And it, the same thing, even with a name. So, I give you the, I talked about um, my entrepreneurial journey and how I started with the entrepreneurial you on radio. So the, the interesting thing for me, like if I were supposed to, if I never had that show, I wouldn't have perhaps used that name for a podcast because it's, it's a long name, right? And you have to stop and think, how do I spell entrepreneurial again? Right. Oh, every, right. <laughs> yeah, every single time, even to know, I have to stop and, you know, so, and, and figure it out. So for me, I started that radio show and it's, it's not something you needed to spell or, you know, you just need to hear it and that's it. You don't need to look for anything online. You just go on the, um, the radio station and you hear it whenever it's being aired. So had I started from scratch, I wouldn't have named it that. However, I had an advantage because I already started business. I had a following and, you know, in addition to my business uh, for the radio program. So it made sense because I had that marketing already, uh, marketing presence out there. It was important for me to continue that. And given that my focus would have been the same, there was no need for me to change it. So that's how the name came about. But if you're thinking about, you know, listening and you're thinking about starting a podcast, think carefully again about the name and 
so when you know who you're serving, the name will also align to that audience. And so everything, there's a synergistic relationship amongst everything that you're doing. You, the, the name that you're creating, the person that you're serving, you know, the content that you're putting out, how often you're putting it out, how long it's going to be. And all of those things begin to come together to make your package awesome. Mm. So talking about the name, how important is the use of keywords in a name? Oh, it's absolutely important so people can find you. Know, uh, I like to encourage my clients not to be cute. You know, just don't get mm-hmm. cute with the designs with a Z and stuff. I mean, no, the, the search engines are being very smart and they will return um, names like those. But ideally, you want to have names that, you know, it's spelled correctly and it's not a smart thing. And, um, you know, you're trying to be cute and everything, just make sure it makes sense first. And it's very Mm -hmm. clear to your audience what it is that you're trying to communicate and you're going to need to rank, you know, SEO ranking and all of that is, is very key. If persons are supposed to find you, that's how new people, new listeners, clients are going to find you. So make sure, you know, and for those, I'm sure your audience is aware, you know, search engine optimization, Um, But for those who will, we will perhaps pounce upon us for the first time, right? (laughs) So it's important that, you know, we optimize for that, that search engines can find us. Keywords that we use must be in alignment with the message again that we're communicating that is hashtagable, uh, findable and all of that. I love that hashtagable. (laughs) That's so cool. (laughs) I'm just making up words, right? I like them. I'm really enjoying made-up words. I think they're the best part of this so far. <laughs> Controversy and hashtagable. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, and I think that those uh, keywords are really important too because as podcast on Apple is about to past the one millionth show. Mm -hmm. So whilst it's still quite new on the platform, there is still a million shows out there. So if people are searching using keywords, we want to make sure that we come up. So I love, I love that you also said, don't make it cute. Yeah. Because I I think probably if it's a hobby show, that would be okay. But if if it's a business show, it absolutely must be able to come up using the words that people are searching. Mm-hmm. So it's really good tips there. And um, as you mentioned, the one, you know, Apple is now approaching its one millionth show mark. Um, it's very important that you stand out. Now, let's let's put a caveat there that, you know, the one million shows they're approaching, perhaps it's just 200,000 or so that are frequently updated that are, you know, consistently um, updated and, and so on. So even if it's like a three second test show, it's, it's, it's recorded as well and you're competing with that, right? So you want to make sure that what you are putting out is of such that your ideal audience can find you and that you can serve them better because that's the whole point of being in business. Mm, yeah. Good point. So once people understand their their why and who they're serving and they've named their show, what else do they need to consider before they actually start really deciding that they're going to go down the podcast route? Have a plan. Have a plan. Definitely have a plan and stick to the plan. I mean, there are times, you know, the best of plans, things fail at times, right? Um, you, you get off it, but you don't beat yourself up. You come back on. But if you have nothing to come back on to, then that's sad. So it's very important that you put your plan together. When do you want to launch and create a strategy around your launch, right? It could mean that you get your friends and your families on board to, to start sharing your coming soon graphic that you created. I mean, 
I like to use Canva, for example, and Canva is like graphic design for dummies, you know, that you can get and, and put your marketing stuff together. Make sure you're planning all of that. How are you going to communicate your message? Start building your list, getting permission, of course, from person. We know the Data Protection Act is very important. Start getting that together. Once you start having all of those together, then, um, and of course, putting, if you're consider if you're going to be doing an interview style show, are you going to be doing a show that is just you or you're going to do a panel discussion or just you know or the hybrid of of those any any type of those is possible but know what it is that you're going to be doing and along the way start communicating that to your to your prospective audience when you're about make sure you have enough shows to get ready to launch i normally recommend that you have at least three shows no more than three shows on your launch day so that you don't overwhelm your audience with more or if, if you only have one, they probably think, oh my gosh, there I just found you ready to listen and all there is is just this one show, mm-hmm. right? So I believe that three is a good number. There's nothing magical about it really, but I believe that it's just a good number for persons to consume, get a feel for what you're trying to say, the message, you know, your voice, your style, all of that, so that the next time you put out content, they can, you know, they start looking looking forward to hearing more from you because already they've heard you three times. And so they're looking forward to what you have to share. Mm. And how many episodes do you generally recommend your clients have recorded? Like we launched three episodes, Mm -hmm. but how many do they normally have sort of sitting in the bank? Because you were talking about pod fading earlier and it's a very real thing. Mm -hmm. And it can, you know, when you start off podcasting, it can be quite overwhelming when you learn how much there is to do behind the scenes. So how many you know, episodes do you generally have before, like when you launch or suggest that people have when they launch? I suggest you have a month because that's enough to give you time. So if you need to go and visit your mom or you need to travel, well, not now. <laughs> Good point. But one day. One day when you start one traveling again, sister. right? Um, you know, if whatever, whatever reason, like, you know, and make sure that you have enough. So you, and you schedule them in your, in your host. If you don't have your own website, schedule them with your host and make sure that they go out just in case you don't have electricity, whatever happens and there's electricity, the internet goes out or something, you have that scheduled so that, you know, your, your listeners are not thinking, oh my gosh, I was here ready to listen and there she, she's gone. She, you know, crickets on me and stuff. So I love to do that. I mean, when I just started, I think I went overboard. I have like almost a year. Oh gosh. Like I'm, embar- oh, wow. I'm embarrassed to say that almost a year of content um, to the point where I remember asking my audience. So how, how do you feel if I would put out three episodes per week? And I'm like, no, nah, one is enough. <laughs> <laughs> Because you see, and I'm glad that I did that. I asked my audience, had I not done that, I would have started doing the three because I, at that point I was so excited and I had all these many interviews um, in the bank. And so had I started doing that, I would have perhaps um, gone into the pod fade phase or just had to revert to just doing one show per week. So I'm grateful. And that is another thing why I like to say to my clients, it's very important that you communicate with your listeners. Um, They're not just mere numbers. They're actual people that are there that you're serving, that they're tuning in. They're giving you time out of their 24 hours per day to listen to you 
to engage with you. So communicate with them because they're important. They're a very important part of what you're doing. That's such valuable advice. And it's Mm -hmm. funny because with my first show, I launched with three episodes a week and I had quite high download numbers. So when I launched my second show and I decided I would just do two episodes a week, I had the same as you. I had a lot of episodes there in the bank. So I thought, well, I I will release three episodes a week to get my downloads up. And it didn't make any difference at all. In an actual fact, my download numbers on that third episode a week went down because I think my listeners were used to you know, Sam releases on a Monday and on a Thursday. So when I released that extra episode, it hardly had any downloads. So I thought, no, go back to two. Mm -hmm. So it is really important to communicate with your listeners because if you're regular and consistent and they get into a habit and you mix that habit up, it will actually backfire on you. Mm -hmm. It is. And, you know, believe it or not, and and now the world is showing us that we're creatures of habit. So Mm -hmm. we can't do the things that we generally tend to do. Um, A lot of people are like really panicking and freaking out. I mean, outside of the craziness, I'm really having a whale of a time. But, um, But people like to, you know, know that on Monday, and that is why that consistency is so important. On Monday at seven or Tuesday at seven or whatever the time is, that's when you're going to be releasing your episode. And, and they come to, to love and expect that, right? I mean, and it's, sometimes it's nothing magical about that day. It's just that they've come to expect it. And, and one of the things I like to talk about, one of the questions I do get is what time of the day or the week you um, release episodes. And again, it depends on the type of show that you have. Um, Some people say on a Monday for those who have just gone into the office, you know, but then Monday morning in in India is a Sunday evening in Jamaica, Mm -hmm. for example. So, Mm -hmm. and, and when you consider that your audience is going to be global and that's what podcasting is. Yes, you may, from a business standpoint, your business may be catering to you know, your, your location just around you. But um, in terms of your listenership, right? What, because podcasting, you're giving valuable information, not just to the people who do business with you, but for people who, you, who generally want that kind of a content anyway, regardless of whether or not it is possible to do business with you, perhaps because it's, you know, your location dependent. It doesn't matter seriously when you release. It just, I mean, for those time sensitive episodes and those news episodes, that's different, you know? Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. definitely different. But in terms of like a business podcast, it matters not. What is important though, is that whatever schedule that you select, you stick with it, stick with it. Mm, mm-hmm. mm. Consistency is key with podcasting. Yeah, It definitely pays. And it, I think that whilst it's awesome because your listeners learn, it's also great as an accountability tool for yourself because you know, it's very easy to put it aside and think I'll get to that later, where at least if you, you know, I'm going to release it at 5am and have it scheduled 5am on Monday morning, you know, that it has to be there for then. So I've actually found it really great as an accountability tool too, to make sure that it's scheduled for whatever time that we've chosen. Mm -hmm. You know, what's important to, and I need to mention, because I don't always like to just mention the good things. What I'm about to say is, you know, we must be very careful. And even in terms of Apple, I don't know if you've had this experience right so I've had this experience once where I missed the timeline for the publication of my show you know and I mean of all mm-hmm. the years and all the episodes and why this happened was that I guess Apple was cracking down on who they thought was keynote spamming 
um, which mm-hmm. is to put in some things in the headline other than in your in your in your line there other than what the name of the show is. No, I just was simply not aware of that, and I was a victim of being pulled. My podcast being pulled from Apple. I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, this was on Christmas Eve. Right. Oh my goodness. This was really? on Christmas Eve, not this oh, one gone the, the year before. Yeah. Merry Christmas to me. Right. Not, <laughs> not the last Christmas, the one prior. And so it's very important that you recognize that, you know, you only put the name of the show and work with it when you're putting, you know, in Apple and, and filling in the blanks and all of that, because you don't want to be pulled. Right. You don't want to be pulled. I wanted to pull a fast one. Well, not a fast one. I just simply didn't know that you're not allowed to do it. Like, you know, including interviews with, people like Seth Godin and Richard Branson stuff. So I'd put that in and like, no way you're trying to get away with that. No, just the name of the show is fine. <laughs> so there's some <laughs> details that we must be very aware of. And I, I try and talk through my clients with, with that information, you know, so that they're able to, to upload and get approved in, in Apple. Cause we know that Apple accounts for over 70% of all the podcasts that there are. So if you're not, although you may be in other podcast directories, it's very important that you make sure that you align to the specifications of Apple so that, you know, you can be approved there. Mm, Good point. So what tips do you have around launching your podcast? Mm -hmm. All right. So again, planning. (laughs) Planning is absolutely key and we cannot overstate. It's coming up again and again. It's coming up again. And SMART, set SMART goals, right? So SMART is an acronym, as you know, for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. When you're putting together, how well, how specific will you get? I want to launch my podcast in three months. Perhaps I prefer for you to say, I want to launch my podcast at the end of June, June 28th, June 25th, whatever it is. You put that. Is it doable? right? Of course, you can measure it, right? Because it's the 28th of June. Is it attainable? Yes. Perhaps given the work that you've already put in. So you have to judge how much work based on when you've done your task, how many things that you'll have to check off. Where are you with your checklist? Once you've ascertained that, recognizing that that is attainable, fine, you set that. You have a time bone and it's realistic. Then you start working. You make sure that you have all the people that you need to contact. If it is that you need to step up your interview pace in terms of, okay, where am I going to find my guests? Am I going to uh, look online for conference conferences that are happening and reach out to the speakers? Do I go into Amazon, for example, and see that there are um, authors there that I've just released and, and would love to be interviewed, right, around the topic that I want to, to share with my audience? So all of that, you know, finding guests and, and, and stuff, that's also very key to your launch strategy. You want to make sure that is aligned. Of course, we know we've gone through a long time, the technical stuff that you need. And of course, the software, the platforms that range from um, whether it's Zoom, like we're interviewing now on, or we're on Skype or Squadcast or Zencaster, myriad of others um, that are there. Like the list is endless. The technology, I mean, you can, if you have a smartphone, a decent smartphone, you can use that. If you have, if not, you just get a simple ATR 2100X because they've now discontinued the ATR2100. So it's now ATR2100X that you get, which is the microphone that I use. Well, I'm not using the X, I'm using the (laughs) (laughs) X-less. Nap, I'm using the same microphone. (laughs) Right. And also X-less. X-less. Oh my God, these words, right? So uh, (laughs) I'm having so much fun. So um, have all of those. And once you've settled on that, 
just go, just do it. I think the greatest challenge for many people, Samantha, is fear, the fear factor. And mm-hmm. I can relate to that. And, and most people are fearful that all oh, the technology is going to be so challenging. Mm-hmm. I am the least technical person you'll ever find. Well, maybe not quite, but I'm not as tech savvy. But just getting there. Yeah, 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 right? Not very tech savvy at all. Um, I, you know, they talk about girls who code, whatever. I don't code. Don't do that tech stuff, whatever. So I remember I was so excited about starting and I was doing everything. I was setting up, getting the website done. I was seeking guests. I was, you know, putting together my running order because having a radio background, I know I work with running order and that was easy for me. And all of these things, I was doing it, but subconsciously, and I believe very kind of consciously that I was delaying doing the interviews because I was fearful of the technology. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know where to start. I don't know how to rec. I don't know anything. I- how am I going to edit these interviews? How am I going to mix them? And you know what was good for me? I started getting my practice on my last season of my radio show. So I would normally go into the, the station at the studio to record. But on the last season, I decided that I was going to do a Caribbean edition of the show, which means that the station would not bear the cost of those long distance calls. So what mm-hmm. I had to do was, okay, it was now in time for me to get my microphone, started recording. What I would do is send the files to the producer so they would mix. And I remember sitting down and watching them mix and everything. And then after a while, I, I started learning. And not only that, once I started doing my recordings for my podcast and doing audacity and stuff and i started youtubing how to go about editing and 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 i learned so quickly so i look back and i say to myself why was i even fearful but then i do understand persons who may feel that fear Mm -hmm. because you're thinking you're going into an uh, uncharted territory it's out of your comfort zone it's not where you're normally at and it's okay but do not allow the fear to cripple you that you take no action at all. Make some action, make the mistakes, or get a coach like myself who has been there, done that to help you through it. Absolutely. And I find there's, there's some other fears too. The other fears that I hear is people saying that they don't like the sound of their own voice. Yes. And then there's the other fear of, I don't feel like I'm good enough. I feel like I'm an imposter. You know, huh? I've got yeah imposter syndrome and how do, how can I interview these people and feel like I'm not good enough? And I think that the only way to get through them and realize that none of them are as bad as what you think is to actually take action. And it is not as hard as you think it is. And also to understand that right from day one, you're not going to be amazing because you're not amazing at anything on day one. And just to really embrace that. And rather than think, oh, it's no good, really turn that around and think, I can't wait to get better. Like, what can I do? And asking yourself, what can I do to get better? What can I do to make that sound better? What can I do to ask better questions or you know how do I learn more about interview techniques and just get out there and try it use it as a trial and error and an experiment yeah and you said it so nicely that you know no one is amazing from day one you're not great at day one you learn and practice makes perfect and you know Mm -hmm. and and the more you get into it and and ask the question instead of you know oh my gosh I I don't think I'm good enough whatever ask the question how can I get better right Um, Mm -hmm. what can I do to, to get better because yes we all 
like we listen to some of the episodes and we and you cringe like way back when you started to cringe mm-hmm. and i'm really <laughs> but i'm really grateful that i started so i had a little voice and speech training several years ago and then that prepared me for radio and radio kind of prepared me for podcasting so i didn't necessarily personally suffer from i don't think my voice is good enough in fact i've been told that my voice was great for radio and mm-hmm. i and i acknowledge it and i and i receive it uh, so that was not my concern my concern was like you know oh my gosh am i going to be doing great at these interviews you know how you know am i going to have a brain freeze am i going to feel stuck because i don't know the next question to ask am i going to sound like a robot all of these things you know like they go through your mind but you deal with them you don't allow them to get you you know into a space and stuck there and i think that you know when you were talking about all of those fears of sounding like a robot or forgetting <laughs> what you're talking about or not knowing the next question just embrace that all of that will happen because I think that I used to be so afraid of those things happening that I almost would make it happen because I was just thinking, oh, I don't want that to happen. Now I'm just like, oh, I forgot what I was talking about or I had a brain freeze or what was I talking about? And I just embrace that. And no one's ever said to me, oh, that's not good enough because it's human. Like in a a face-to-face conversation, in a live conversation, it happens, right? And, and I think sometimes it's, it's also stems from, you know, that perfectionist kind of an attitude where we want to present to the world and particularly now with social media, you know, you said that just as rampant, we want to project to the world that we're perfect and we're not, we're, we're humans. Um, we're perfect. We're imperfect beings, but we're perfectly imperfect and that's fine. Right. We, mm. we, we make mistakes. We, we don't always have our hair in order. We don't always, um, dress like we're, we're, we're going on a date, whatever. But mm-hmm. you know, we, we have these things about us and it's fine. Like I so embrace the rawness of who I am. Like I'm somebody who I'm like, I love the dirt. And I also love to be, you know, like all dressy and all, you know, in made up and stuff like that. But I also embrace the moment when I'm a jeans and t-shirt girl with my knapsack, good to go, you know, embrace Mm -hmm, all mm -hmm. those sides of me. And I think that's a really important part for growing your brand, which is what we were talking about right at the beginning, because that is you're showing up as a really holistic brand in that you're not just like one dimensional, that there are all these different facets of you and people are attracted to different facets of what, what it is that you are or the way that you show up. So being able to show all of them authentically, I think is just so beneficial to growing a really solid brand. Absolutely important. And what I want to also bring home as well is I don't want us to miss this at all. It's like the power that podcasting has. So yes, we know that it can help us in our business and stuff. But when I thought about title is podcast power and the subtitle is the quick start guide to launching and leveling up your brand. So in that book, I not only talk about how to start, why, why you need to start, how to interview, finding guests and all of those lovely stuff. They're very important. But I also share how to use it to leverage um, leverage it to to enhance your brand. Perhaps it's getting a press pass, right? Getting a press pass to an event that you know what it's happening. It's it's, it's an event of the of, of the year, and you need to be there. And perhaps you're not even um, you know budgeting to to afford to go there. 
what you can do is use your own podcast as a press pass. Hey, reach out to the organizers. Hey, I have this podcast. You're doing this amazing event. I would love to come and, you know, cover events, do a blog post. Maybe I get to interview some of the speakers. I can do live tweets, all of that. They get value. You get value. You get content from that, not just for your podcast, but whatever learnings that's going on, you also benefit from that and you grow because uh, we need to be, if we're not growing, we're dying. So we constantly need to be learning new things and that's a great way and so multifaceted. Then there's the opportunity to do events, host events, right? When I host LeaderCast, I mean, I don't know how it's going to go this year because all of that is happening. But usually when I host, I host LeaderCast events and that was the door, the podcast was the door through which I gained access to that phenomenal brand. There is um, writing, you know, and speaking. I lead with my podcast to get speaking engagement. I lead with my podcast to write for um, major publications. And there are just so many other things. Like, So when my business started, my, my first business, which is Pato Apparel, when that started going on a downward spiral, I realized I had to go digital and so transform the way my brand, the direction of my brand was going. And it has taken on a whole new life of its own. So now I'm coaching, I'm mentoring, I am, you know, doing all these webinars and workshops and teaching people how to podcast, speaking about podcasting, how to podcast in a day and all of these amazing stuff. So there's just so much power in this platform. Absolutely, there is. Henneke, for people that want to stay connected with you and also get a copy of the book you were just talking about, where can they go to find that? Okay, great. And I like to say I'm all over social media, but I'm going to send um, your amazing listeners just one place. And that is at hennikawatkisporter.com. I'm sure you will be in the show notes, Samantha. hennikawatkisporter.com. When you go on the homepage, there is a WhatsApp icon and that icon, it comes directly to my phone. So send me a message. I want to hear from you. I want to hear, you know, how this interview has impacted you, if any, what you want, how you want me to serve you. And when you go to that website, there are a myriad of resources. There are the book tab that you can get all my books, including Podcast Power. There is a podcast tab. There are the blogs, all these resources, and also a guide when you sign up. There's a guide to teach you how to podcast as well. Amazing. Fantastic. And exactly like you said, all of those links will be in the show notes so that people can find you. Henneke, for us to wrap this episode up in a, a pretty bow and make sure that it's complete, what would you like to leave our listeners with today? I just want to say start. There is a friend of mine who runs Podfest Expo and he has a book, Chris, and he, he says start ugly, right? And I would just say do not wait on perfection. Do not wait until you think you have it all together because you never will. I'm sorry, hate to break it to you, but you never will. But the amazing thing is that you have the opportunity to start and start now. Take an action to make a decision to start right where you are in, in that messy phase. And if you think you need help, then get a podcast coach to help you. I stand ready to help you to get to your next step on your journey. Love it. Thank you so much for giving us so much value to our listeners today. Really appreciate you. Thank you, Samantha. I appreciate you too. And I'm grateful. Ciao, ciao.